Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast, episode number 23, about to kick off already. Sports guy Chris, I'm here once again, of course, with my good friend Mikey. How are you doing this morning, Mikey? Hey, Chris. I am doing A-OK, buddy. Awesome, brother. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, um, I'm getting pretty fired up for that draft tomorrow, man. Dude, uh, you know, I mean, it's always exciting as fans of sports you know, knowing that your team is about to reload and, and get some exciting new talent and, yep. you know, looking about the possibilities of what this player can do and what that player can do. Always an exciting time, my friend. I totally agree, right? In April, all 32 teams are still in the playoff hunt. Yep, so that's we, true. They're all know, Super Bowl contenders. All Super Bowl contenders. So. All zero and zero. Uh, they have a perfect record. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So last week, guys, we, we did we let off with, of course, some NFL draft talk. We, we kind of went through. We talked about Mikey's Cardinals, a yeah. little bit on my Packers. Gave you the top ten. Talked about some of these quarterbacks. We're going to lead off with some more draft talk today. Of course, we've... Got a lot of good stuff in the NBA as well to come later. You know, some exciting news for Mikey's Lakers with the return of Anthony Davis. Yes, now, sir. A couple games back in. Seems like LeBron is is inching closer. He should mm-hmm, be out there mm-hmm. very soon. So, you know, we'll touch on that and some other stuff. But we'll jump back in with the draft. You know, like we said last week, we kind of went through the top ten. We hit on a couple teams. So today, there's another team I'd like to talk about a little bit. And maybe we'll lead off our draft talk with the New England Patriots. Mikey. Okay, okay. There's been... Uh, a lot of division with what the Patriots might do. I know there's a lot of mock drafts out there that have them trading up a lot of times into the top 10 to take a quarterback. Okay. And then some have them staying put, um, not taking a quarterback at all. Mikey, I'm curious what your thoughts are, what you think maybe the Patriots might do. Um, any thoughts on uh, on what Mr. Belichick and everybody has up their sleeve, you know, up there in New England? You know what, dude? Um, Nope. <laughs> Look, I mean, you know, Bill Belichick, he's kind of the international man of mystery, right? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, he, he kind of plays things really close to the vest. Um, you know, he doesn't um they don't they don't show their hand. Mm-mm. Um, you know, they Good are point. one of the best franchises when it comes to um, you know, s- surprising people and keeping things under wraps and not I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Marvel, the MCU, like, you know, took a page out of the Patriots playbook in terms of, like, not letting things get leaked because, you know what I mean? Like, no one knows what this team's going to do. And so, you know, I have no idea. Are they going to, you know, trade for – are they going to trade up? Some mock drafts have them them trading with Detroit uh, to move up to number seven. um, Or, no, sorry, to to, uh, uh, – yeah, number seven. Oh, okay, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so who knows? And, it, you know, they, in this USA Today mock draft, it has them trading up for, to number seven for Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Um, you know, I mean, look, Cam Newton, he's a stopgap. I mean, he, he's a yeah. guy that, you know, he's plugging a hole that they have that they and they need to find the eventual replacement for Tom Brady. No offense, Cam Newton. They, they need to find that yeah, guy that's going to totally be their franchise agree. quarterback. Totally agree, brother. So, I mean, yeah. if they think that one of these dudes is that, then I could see that. I mean, who who knows? I, I mean, this is the thing about the NFL draft that I've been learning in my, in my you know, limited knowledge. It's just you never know. I mean, teams move back for guys and they move right. up for guys yep. and, yep. you know, and that's the beauty of having 50-man rosters and everything is yes. that you've got all of this flexibility and you know that your guy is going to be there later in the draft. So unlike in the NBA where teams don't generally trade back yeah, right. unless good they're point. getting yeah. an all-star or they're getting a good yeah, caliber good player, yep. 
you know, if you're in the lottery in the NBA, you're not trading out of that. No, no, you know, I mean, unless of course it was like a draft, like last year or something like that, where it's kind of a crapshoot and you don't really know who the consensus number one overall is. True. This year we know who the consensus is. We know all those kinds of things, but by and large, there's not a lot of movement, but again, the Patriots, who knows what they're going to do. They could stay put. Uh, you know, I don't know, dude. Like it, I, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Hey, fair enough, right? I mean, honestly, it's I, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you, right? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think they're gonna trade up, but then yeah. again, nobody predicted them going on a spending spree in free agency either, right? Because that's not what they normally do, and by all accounts, they did a pretty good job of building their roster with what was available in free agency this year, and they still have some money left over. And oh, by the way, everybody at the end of last season was predicting them moving on from Cam Newton and not bringing him back. So they've already done a lot of surprises so far. Could they do another one and move up in the draft? Yeah, possibly. But with the way they value draft picks, I think they're going to stay put. And I think, and I, I've been saying it, I still think they can get one of these quarterbacks at 15. I really do. I know the Falcons, and we talked about them last week, of course, you know, are a little bit of the wild card because if they go quarterback at number four as well, Mm -hmm. then it becomes a little more dicey if that other one is going to fall back to the Patriots. But the only other team really in between there that I think seriously would would consider going quarterback is going to be Denver. Mm -hmm. But there's some interesting reports out of Denver as well, where they definitely want to get competition for Drew Locke, but they're not really, you know, sure if, uh, if they're going to draft a guy, they might, they might go free agency afterward, you know, whatever they can do to just bring in some of that competition. I even heard this morning, actually, they might even entertain trading for Jimmy G now, right? You know, so, Getting Jimmy G back. Right? Yeah. You know, like that That Denver might do that. Denver might try to get Jimmy G. So, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. But at the end of the day, I still think New England can stay at 15, get their quarterback there if they want to. There you go. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I, You know, one of these guys could fall. The only, the only change I'm really seeing from my mock draft kind of from last week is I'm kind of getting on the Zach Wilson to the Jets bandwagon. Okay. You know, I had Justin Fields going there, okay. but every by all accounts at this point, it's going to be a surprise if the Jets don't take Zach Wilson. Okay. I mean, I mean okay. the guy was reaching out to former Jets quarterbacks and asking them what's it like to play in New York and getting feedback from them. seems like he's really doing his research that I'm going to be the in quarterback for the Jets. I'm going to be there, so... That seems to be what's going to happen. So Justin Fields, I guess, is going to be there. You know, San Francisco keeps being tied to either Mac Jones or Trey Lance, and that makes sense to me. You know, I still have them taking Lance. So that leaves, okay, where's Justin Fields going to land? Yeah. I'll say this. If you're a team and you need a quarterback in this draft, maybe Denver, one of these teams, and you pass on Justin Fields, I think you're going to be sorry. I think he's going to be one of the guys that's going to be good. That's just my opinion. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens, but... Um, I think he's going to be one of the guys that's going to be a hit right. you know, out, of, out of this group of guys. So we'll see what happens. The Patriots might be able to get him to stay yeah. and put at 15, or Mac Jones, whichever of these guys falls. Or they could possibly get another quarterback in the later round. So, right. you know, Mikey, we talked about, and of course, and rightfully so, a lot of the talk for this draft is the kind of the big five quarterbacks that mm-hmm. we all know are going to go somewhere in the top 15 here, you know. But there's... 
like five other guys that I have my okay. eye on as well that I think can get drafted. You know, they're not going to go in the first round. They might mm-hmm. go in the second, might go in the fourth or the fifth, but some guys to kind of keep an eye on, keep an ear out for guys that were pretty good in college. Some of them played a lot, played in a lot of games, got a lot of reps under their belt. So um, I'm going to give you a couple yeah, guys please, quick. You know, I got five yeah, other QBs, sure. yeah. you know. Um, number one on that list I've got is Kyle Trask out of Florida. So, okay. you know, he's 6'5", 240. Trask took over in uh, 2019 after a couple games in, took over as the starter, and he was pretty well lights out ever since. This past year, he was having a phenomenal season for Florida. He was on pace, you know, really through, I think, the first 10 games to kind of match what Joe Burrow had did the year before at LSU. I mean, he was chucking it like crazy, but in the 11-game season, all against SEC teams, so he didn't have the benefit of playing, you know, uh, crap Tech State for one of those non-conference games, all against SEC teams, 43 touchdowns, 8 picks, 4,283 yards, 68.9% completion percentage. Wow. He's got the arm. He's got the size. You know, one thing... He did throw a few pick sixes. Yeah, you know, only eight picks. And, you know, I'm, I know that, of course, is an issue. You don't want to throw pick sixes, of course. But when you can put up those kind of numbers week in and week out against SEC level, and for the last 10 years, the SEC has been the conference that has had the most players drafted out of it, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. It seems to me like Kyle Trask has got something there that, that you can at least, you know, take a look at for the NFL. Sure. I mean – Turnovers, you can kind of put a quarterback in the system and put him in a right place to make the best decisions. You can work on turnovers. So, right. you know, I think Kyle Trask is a guy that's floating a little under the radar. Uh, projected, I've seen him going as a, a second or third round pick. But, okay. you know, keep an eye out on him. Um, I think he's definitely a guy that is going to get at least a little bit of reps. Whatever team takes him, yeah. I think he can be in the mix. Now, this next guy is definitely going to be more of a project, Felipe Franks. Who was the starter at Florida, actually, before uh, Kyle Trask. And then he transferred out, played for Arkansas. Arkansas had been really terrible the last few years. Um, They were in a rebuild this past year, but he did pretty good. I mean, 17 touchdowns, only four picks this last year for Arkansas um, in eight games, I believe it was. But the thing about Franks is he's got all the tools. He's huge. He's between 6'6 and 6'7, depending on what website. You look at he's somewhere in the realm of 230 to 235 pounds. So he's got the frame. He's yeah. got the huge arm. Um, you know he played. It's like Roethlisberger type size. Yeah, man. yeah, dude. He is. He's massive. I mean, he started 24 games for Florida between 2017 and 2018. So he's got a lot of reps. He got right. a lot of reps in in college. But the one thing was. With a rebuild, you know, the transition period at Florida and then tra- transferring out and being in a rebuild at Arkansas, he never really got to kind of let it loose the whole time. So, you know, those numbers were pretty good for a rebuilding team, but it's almost like he's going to need a lot more reps in the NFL to be able to trust his arm because he's got the arm strength. You know, mm-hmm. he's got all those intangibles you want, but he's raw and needs to get polished and, and he's going to need a team to be willing to give him the reps to be able to get better. So... For a team that might want to take on a guy that could be a project, this is a good guy. I mean, you know, he's got all those tools. I'm looking third or fourth round for Felipe Franks. Okay, okay. The next guy is a guy that some people think might even go in the first round. He could be the sixth quarterback Uh to go in the first round. That's Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. Mond, uh, a four-year starter for the Aggies. So by now, you should pretty well know what you're going to get with him. Sure. You know, and one of the, the pluses 
it's kind of funny because one of the pluses is also a little bit of a minus when it comes to his game. But one of the pluses is he played for Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M and ran a pro-style offense. He played okay. from the pocket. It wasn't a gimmicky, you know, spread out, five-wide receiver, just chuck it all the time. It was more playing in the pocket, pro-style kind of offense at Texas A&M. But because of that, they were kind of a slow grind pace, so he never really kind of let it loose, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like had to let it rip and actually throw it 40 or 50 times a game like – a lot of these other prospects had to do week okay. in and week out. So we don't really fully know, I guess, what the what the ceiling would be. Like, can he really let it loose? Can yeah. He, like, in the in these games where he's throwing 25 times a game, he was pretty good yeah. and, and won a lot of football games for A&M. But this past year, 19 touchdowns, three picks, uh, 2,282 yards, 63% completion percentage. He's 6'3", 217. He's got... He's got a good skill set. Um, a lot of people are really high on him. For for instance, Chris Sims, you know, mm-hmm. um, former NFL player evaluator, he's been gung ho about this guy, and and is you know to anybody that'll listen is banging the drum. He's got him rated as the number four quarterback, and would take him wow. in the top ten and all this stuff. So. Well, but I mean, that's kind of that kind of you know the guys that you've talked about so far. I mean, he seems like the most potentially NFL ready quarterback, right? I yeah, mean, I think so. He's a guy that's yeah. played for four years in an offense that's NFL ready, that preps you for yep. the NFL, gives yep. you those NFL reads. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, maybe the numbers aren't as flashy as some of these other guys. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that aren't exactly flashy that have had excellent careers and have won Super Bowls and have done things. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say that Tom Brady's the most exciting player (laughs) to watch, right? You know what I mean? And, And, you know, just like in the NBA, and, again, you know, anybody that listens to the podcast, I always go back to the NBA. But, you know, the, he sounds like that kind of guy that's that four-year point guard, you know, yeah, for, for right. a yes. Pac-12 yeah. or a, a, a you know, a ACC team or something like that that, you know, played four years, put up, you know, decent numbers but controlled the flow of the game, was that coach on the floor or, you know, decent three-point shooter. You know, sure, all those sure. kinds of things. Yeah. A guy that can that can really kind of go out there and control the game. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, in an NFL where clock management becomes a thing where oh, you yeah, know you're not you're not out there. Yes, you want exciting, but you know, you're out you also need somebody that can go out there and, and control the game and you know, uh I, Andrew Luck kind of comes to mind. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, guys that maybe aren't Philip Rivers comes to mind. Guys that maybe weren't exactly the most exciting guys, but they had clock management. Uh Drew Brees, you know, yep. Tom going back Tom Brady. I mean, these are guys that, you know, your boy Aaron Rodgers, I mean, maybe slightly more exciting, but, you know, again, a guy that's a good veteran pickup that understands the process and is not going to be expected to come in there right out the gate. I mean, it's a guy that probably benefit from, you know, likewise from the guy you've mentioned previously who would need the reps. This is a guy that probably could sit in the wings and wait to take over a team. And next thing you know, it's like, oh man, why wasn't this guy the number one pick or a top four pick or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, totally agree. I mean that, so that's the thing like, and I agree with you, Mikey, I think you made some really good points there and why certain guys, evaluators and certain teams appear to be pretty high on Mond, you know, it played 46 games. So he, he played a ton of games um, he attempted 1,358 passes over his four years in oh. college. So he's got a lot of reps, that's for sure, especially compared to some of the other guys. Even Zach Wilson, who's up there, yeah, he played a full year this year, and he started parts of the previous two years. But, you know, 
you can take his sample size because this past year BYU played such a weak schedule. There's no other way around it. Like I was high on BYU. They're a great team. Zach Wilson had a great year, so I'm not really trying to take a knock on him because you can do the same thing with Trey Lance. Okay, he played against FCS. You know, whatever. That's fine. But there's a difference between playing against SEC teams week in and week out for 46 games versus playing Louisiana Tech one week, Texas State one week, some other whatever team nobody's sure. heard of another week, and that's kind of your your sample size. So, you know, I heard some people like, hey, right, Zach Wilson did play pretty good against the big teams when he did play against them. Well, yes and no, because I kind of went through and looked at his game logs for his career, and he struggled against some of the better defenses he okay. played. Not He didn't play really any elite defenses this year, last year, and the year before. A couple of the teams that he played that were really good defensively, uh, you know, for NCAA defensive ratings, he struggled in those games. No touchdowns, a couple picks. So I think, um, you know, Zach Wilson, I like him as a prospect, but I'm still pumping the brakes a little bit because I still think he needs to develop a little bit more as well. And he made some great throws during his pro day, and I think that's where a lot of this team picked up for sure. the Jets are going to take him and stuff like that. I mean – Dude can make all the throws. He's definitely a gamer. I like how he plays, but um, for if you're looking for more of a known commodity, Kellen Mond, I think you know what you're going to get with him. So, yeah. like you said, you know he, all that experience playing in in a pro style system. I think he's more of a guy that you could bring in, and he could potentially compete right away. So, right. You know, I've got him going in the second or third round. Okay. Maybe he even sneaks in at the end of the first round. Okay. I don't think so. I think it'll okay. be a second or third round, but. You know, for teams like Denver, for teams like New England that are sitting there where people are like, do they take a quarterback in the first round or don't they? If they don't, keep an eye on this guy because that's who I'm going to have my eye on. Even a team like the Bears. You know, the Bears are sitting there at around 20, I think it is, with their draft position. I don't know if they would take Mond at that spot, but they might trade back and get some more assets and then take him – Okay. You know, a few picks back. Okay. And trade out of the first round to the beginning of the second round and and take them there, because the other thing is, second round picks get paid less money than first round picks. So sure. If you can get your quarterback and get him locked up. Now, granted, first round you get the fifth year to control the quarterback, so there's a plus in in getting a guy there. But if you can trade back, get him in the second round, now you you have you pay that guy even cheaper. Right. So now you can spend more money other positions. So there you go. Anyway, um, the other two guys that that uh, I had my eye on for you know a couple other quarterbacks here, Sam Ellinger, who's been the starter at Texas now for four years, six one two twenty, kind of a, a bit of a bulldozer. Dude will take off with the ball and he will run and he will steamroll people. So you know maybe some teams are gonna go. Ah, he's got a little bit maybe too much damage from all the the running that he did in college. You know definitely. I mean he ran for nineteen hundred yards and thirty three touchdowns in his career there at Texas, wow. but Again, he uh, 1,476 pass attempts over four years as a starter, so he threw the ball a lot. Um, this past year, he threw 26 touchdowns and five picks, but it seemed the only thing about him is Texas needed to lean more on him over the last couple of years to be more of a playmaker and kind of make up for the defensive efficiencies. He struggled a bit at times. Okay. So when wasn't was, his game. Wasn't his game. When there's more pressure on him, he struggled a little bit, but... You know, he he was a great starter for four years and did do a lot of good things for Texas. And I guess on one hand, shouldn't be held accountable for how horrible their defense was all those years. But another guy, 
you know, it's slightly undersized at 6'1 for today's NFL, but he again at 220 and he's built big. So like he's got he's got some mobility to him. He's got an ability to run the ball a little bit. So he's gonna get drafted somewhere. Hey, you know who else is kind of small for an NFL quarterback? Who's that? Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's true. Russ Wilson. Right? Russ Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that was. You the know big what I mean? Knock, like, so. hey, these guys weren't. You know, I mean, Great no one point. knew Kyler Murray, and you know, now he's one of the more exciting quarterbacks, and you know, he's yeah. only getting better with his accuracy. I mean, that's hell, true. he threw the pass that ended up being the play of the year in the NFL. You know, to D Hop against the Bills that you know won the game Excellent at play, the last second. Mikey. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not like. You know, that idea that, you know, you have to be – and this is this is one thing where I, I appreciate the NFL. The NFL now is becoming this game where, you know, there is exciting plays and it's not this hand the ball off, grind it out. You know, yeah, throw the ball yeah. downfield. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on and the quarterbacks yeah. are not just sitting in the pocket trying to make throws or whatever, handing the ball off and then just moving out of the way. I mean, you've got these guys that are – you know, and you've got these offenses where you've got, and granted, it's always been the case, but you have the first read, the second read, the third read. You know, you've got all these situations, and then some of these guys just take off. You yeah, know, they just yeah, see a, right. they see yeah. a hole, and they're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's exciting football. And, and so, you know, I mean, guys have been, you know, undervalued because of this lack of quote-unquote size when they have a resume like you're talking about with this dude. That shows that this guy can be a playmaker. He yeah. can be a guy that can make things happen, and that's what you want. Yeah, totally, dude. I I agree. Great, you know, great points there as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm pretty high on Ellinger. You know, the thing is, he need, he his accuracy does need to improve, but he throws okay. a great deep ball. He's got the sure. arm. He can throw the deep ball. He can run. He's a gamer. You know, he can take a hit and get right back up and throw it back in your face the next play. So you know, if you want a guy who's a gamer, this is a guy. So there you go. But, you know, the, the accuracy does need some improvement. So, But, again, if you get with the right quarterback coach and the right coaching, those are things that can kind of get right. get fixed. You know, Josh Allen, the big knock on him coming out a couple years ago was accuracy. And, uh, you know, are they going to be able to get that under control? Well, Buffalo's done a pretty good job of that. Yeah, absolutely. Because he was by far the best raw arm talent all that stuff in that draft a couple years ago. And they got him with the right coaches. They improved right. his accuracy. and. He's freaking lights out now. So yeah. last guy, Shane Shane Bushel, who's been oh, okay. in the NCAA forever. He started his career at Texas. He's he started all twelve games for them as a freshman in twenty sixteen. He ended up transferring after a couple years because Ellinger came in and ended up taking over. He transferred to SMU, excuse me. Last two years as a starter for SMU, took his game to a whole nother level. Fifty seven okay. touchdowns, sixteen picks in the last two years. He threw twenty three touchdowns this past year, six picks. 3,000 yards in, wow. you know, 10 games or whatever it was for, for the Mustangs. So, uh, Bushel, again, a guy that's been around forever. He He's in college five years because of the transfer year. So, um, another kind of guy you kind of know what you're going to get. But he's got a great arm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, not necessarily as mobile as some of the other guys. So, he's going to be more of a pocket guy. But, uh, you know, Bushel's got a little gunslinger to him, so he'll let it rip and, and sometimes try to fit it in a tight window and stuff like that. But he's got a great arm, 6'1", 207, so he's roughly the same size as Ellinger. I think Ellinger's a little bulkier, you know, and then it has that kind of run aspect to his game. But, um, you know, by all accounts, with that arm, you know, somebody's going to draft him and give him a look anyway. Right, so right. I, I look for him to go for fourth or fifth round. Okay, you know, okay. So. There you go. A couple guys to keep your eyes on as far nice. as, you know, okay. between the second and fifth rounds where a team could snag a quarterback. And 
you know, who knows? I'm not sure if any of these guys will be the next Dak or, you know, the next Russ Wilson or any of that, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if one or all five of them are at least getting some reps competing and pushing a starter sure. in, in, in camp. So, okay, okay. And for teams like the Broncos and the Bears and the Patriots, teams that need a quarterback but aren't necessarily in position to get one of those big guys at, in the first round, I've got my eye on these guys for those teams anyway in particular so, okay all yeah. right good takes right there buddy. oh thanks brother i appreciate that nice. definitely definitely so um you know the only other thing that i you know draft wise yeah that i wanted to touch on you know we we talked about san francisco a little bit last week as well mm-hmm. you know you know i'm hearing other things they want to trade Jimmy G before the draft or you know during the draft and that seems like a very high likelihood apparently today according to Jason LaConforta and a couple other people that are reporting that out of there you know we talked about the 49ers last week and yeah. what we think they're going to do we don't know what they're going to do and we don't know what they're going to do <laughs> they're taking uh, a quarterback yeah most right, likely. They, yeah, right? I, I, I would think so. I think we can assume that I, think that's I, I would think so right? I think so too right exactly you know I mean the Jimmy G thing's interesting, Mikey. I don't, I don't necessarily know if I have a destination for him to go to. I mean, I heard that Denver might try to trade for him, and I don't know about that. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I guess, uh, but you know, I don't know. Any thoughts on Jimmy G, dude? I, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about this, and you know, I mean, it's it's kind of nuts how teams, especially in football, seems to give guys. You know, sight unseen, it seems like, or based <laughs> upon a very san- a small sample size, right? Yeah. I mean, from what I can remember with Jimmy G, you know, he came in for an injured, you know, Tom Brady, had a good few games, won a couple games for the Patriots, yeah. you know, whatever. And it was kind of like, oh, who, who's this guy? And, and, you know, all of a sudden ESPN and the powers that be pick him up and hype this dude. And, you know, yeah. obviously that kind of East Coast bias comes into play a little bit. Next thing you know, you know, he's in, he ends up in San Francisco, and San Francisco gives him this giant contract that he probably, you know, I, I mean, eh, probably a little excessive, right? Yeah, I totally, mean, you know, totally. he helped lead them to a Super Bowl appearance. But, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, it's just, it's so tough in the NFL. It's make it or break it. And, you know, teams, they get into these draft situations, and especially like this year where you have so many exciting prospects, because that's what they are. They're oh, prospects. yeah, definitely. Yep, and you're yep. willing to give up on your almost sure bet in yeah. Jimmy G. You know what you're getting. Like yeah. like what you're talking about with some of those prospects right now. Like you know what you're getting from these guys, yeah, right? At totally. this point, you know yep. what you're getting from Jimmy G. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't look at a potential replacement, especially if your second, third stringers aren't anything to, you know, write home about. Yeah, I totally agree. But you made ridiculous trades to try and move up to number three. Yeah. So if I'm Jimmy G and my agent, my job security now all of a sudden feels in jeopardy. Yeah. Because you didn't make a trade to jump up that far in the draft for sake of, like, not bringing somebody in to back me up. You brought somebody in to potentially replace me. So if I'm Jimmy G, dude, I wouldn't be some, I wouldn't, you know, I would certainly look into like, all right, what's Denver look like? Yeah, okay, yeah, what is totally. what does Chicago look like? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at the division landscape. Look at okay, do I have a path to where I can maybe make the playoffs easier? Currently you're sitting yep. in the NFC West, which is the hardest division in football. Hands yep. down. 
the yep. hardest division in football. All of these teams are going to be loading up. They're all. I, I mean, totally Arizona has you. already yes. made a bunch of moves. Yes. You know, you've got the Matt. You know, got Matt Stanford there. You know, uh, Sanford there in in L.A. now with yeah, the Rams. Yeah, right. Yeah. You've got all of these things. Your pathway to making the playoffs. Yeah. As a wild card team, just got harder. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. You agree. know, Chicago was in the playoffs in the last game. You were yeah. out of the playoffs. Granted, you had injuries and stuff like that in San Fran, which made things – you fell in, in the division pretty hard yeah. by, by yeah. week eight. You were yeah. already kind of out of the playoff yeah. picture at that True. point, right? True. But, you know, Chicago beat the Arizona Cardinals in the last game of the season, which was essentially a playoff game for both teams. Yep. And Chicago got in. Yeah. So, yeah, you look at what Trubisky did, you know – Look what I can do. I went to a Super Bowl not too long ago. Yeah. You did not. I'm just saying, like, if yeah, I'm Jimmy yeah. G, I'm look, talking to my agent, and I'm trying to maybe engineer a way out, especially if they do draft a quarterback. I and totally I haven't agree. been And I yeah. haven't been traded prior. Yeah. I'm looking for a way out. Like, you yeah. know what? That's your dude. Cool. We'll let bygones be bygones. I don't like the way it went down. Peace. I'm out. And I'm going to yeah. – you know, when I see you on the schedule somewhere down the road, I'm going to do everything in my power to show that I was the dude and not the guy you drafted. Right? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. use that as motivation. And that's one thing that's just so strange, and I get it. That's part of the reason why you have second and third stringers, and that happens a lot. And kudos to them. That happens in basketball. That happens in baseball. You get these pitchers coming in in baseball. They end up in the bullpen. Dustin May from the Dodgers is a good example of that. You got these prospects. They're throwing hard. You know, they're throwing hard in, in the minors and everything like that. They get the call up. They end up in the bullpen. Next thing you know, they're in the starting rotation or they're spot starters or whatever. Next thing you know, Dustin May this year, he's a starter for the Dodgers, right? So that kind of happens. You have these next up guys. I understand that, but you paid a lot of money to Jimmy G. Yeah. You 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 thought this was your dude. Now you end up again in this situation with this draft with these kinds of quarterbacks. I just if again, you're taking a quarterback, who it is, who knows whether if you keep Jimmy G, he's you're going to say he's probably your starter for week 1. Yeah. But how long if they win if they lose, if they go 0 and 3 their first 3 games? In San Fran, how quickly, whoever it is, how quickly does the the media and the the internet and stuff like that start calling for that quarterback that you drafted number three overall? Yeah. Let's see what this yep. kid can do. Let's see what this kid can do. We should yep. have traded Jimmy G. And at that point, your trade you you have no trade value because you've you've exhausted all of that. No one's going to try and trade for the dude yep. three games into a season. No, so I totally agree. Especially a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So. Again, I you know I just don't know what San Francisco is doing. It's just it's weird. It's bizarre. I mean it's 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 reaching like Texans level like bizarre, dude. I agree. I I'm I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it. Right? Like, look, <laughs> what they've kind of done is they, they all the eggs are in the basket now at number three with what they do here, right? Because yeah. Kyle Shanahan, yes, he's got a great offensive mind, but guess what? He only won one year in San Francisco. The year Jimmy G was healthy and they went to the Super Bowl. The first year he got there, they were terrible. Yeah, they won their last five games against a bunch of teams that were also terrible and it yeah. didn't matter. And they were so far out of the playoff picture, it didn't matter. So yeah. good job, you won, but you still had a losing record that year. They weren't they were bad this past year. Like you said, they dealt with key injuries. Yes, they did. But they also traded one of their key defensive players before last season in DeForest Buckner off to the Colts. Nobody yeah. talked about that. Guess what? When you trade one key defensive lineman, now the offenses can key on your other guy, Bosa. And right. Bosa got hurt, and then yeah, they were yeah. screwed because they had no defensive line anymore. All of a sudden, what was 
you're the best strength in the league in 2019 was a massive weakness in 2020. And I don't know if they fully address that either. Right. I think when healthy, yeah, they're going to be good. But let's not forget, their D coordinator left. He took the job to be the Jets' head coach. So your bread and butter was, to get to the Super Bowl was an elite defense that made Aaron Rodgers run for his life twice because that was the one team you had to beat. And they beat they beat the Packers' butts twice that year in the regular season NFC title game. But that's because they had a D-line getting after Aaron Rodgers. Right. Jimmy G threw the ball eight times in that <laughs> NFC title game. Eight freaking times. Green Bay couldn't stop the run, and we couldn't block their defensive line. Their defensive line isn't looking nearly as scary as it did right. two years ago. And now, like you were just talking about, a proven commodity in Jimmy G who got you to a Super Bowl. Yes, his health is a question. We know that. Sure. But your division got a lot better. This division is yeah. nowhere near what it was in 2019. Just nope. two years later, and now all of a sudden, ugh, you know, holy, holy cow. Like, yeah. It, it's going to be difficult, like you pointed out, just to get in the playoffs. So what's really – I mean, so what happens if you start 0-3, like you said, and now you're behind the eight ball, and you've got – you're chasing the Rams, the Cardinals, and Russ Wilson to try to even – Move up a couple spots to make the playoffs ain't gonna happen. And then right. three out of Kyle, four, three out of Kyle Shanahan's four seasons will be losing seasons. So how long do you keep him as the head coach? Sure. Despite all that, and then John Lynch, who's had a tremendous start as a GM, then the questions will be if they don't hit on this number three pick and one of these other quarterbacks is a hit. That dude's going to lose his job, too. You know what right. I mean? Like, they just put a whole lot into this for a team that well, was just in the Super Bowl. And what doesn't make sense is, like, you just pointed out five quarterbacks, two two or three of which are relatively NFL-ready. Yeah, really. So they are. why couldn't you have stayed where you were at? Yeah. Which their original pick was 12. what now? They 12. were at 12. So, okay, yep. so you still get a great player at 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe a defensive lineman. I don't yeah, know, right? Yeah, you probably. And then would get if the you best if you one, valued yeah. some of these quarterbacks the same way that Chris Sims does, or you do, or something like that, you could have still got your guy in the second round. You still yep. could have got a backup quarterback that doesn't put Jimmy G in a situation where he's worried about his job. Yep. He's gonna get paid yeah. regardless, oh, right? Yeah. But he's like at the end of the day, yeah. As a competitor, you want to start. You you're yeah. not looking at like I'm looking over your shoulder, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, and you look at all the best quarterbacks, and they've had situations where they've never had to look over their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. When healthy, they've never had to look over their shoulder. True. So, That's very true. You know, but you, in this situation, this season, San Francisco, Jimmy G's going to be looking over his shoulder. Yeah, you don't yeah, trade no this doubt. guy. Yeah, totally. Now you're playing nervous because now you don't want to make a mistake because yeah. – you know, you know that that coaching staff over there, your GM in that front office, your fan base is chomping at the bit to see who you know who this guy is coming in and what they can do in you know a, a Niners uniform. Yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you've got NFL guaranteed guys that'll sit there in the wings, and if Jimmy G gets hurt, yeah, like you just talked yep. about with his health issues, then you bring in a guy that's like, okay, cool, he's a clock, he's a game manager, he can whatever. You win, maybe you win some football games. Yeah. But you've got an NFL-ready guy can, that can do that as opposed to a project that might come in and now you're like, okay, now you're in rebuild. But I'm sorry. You know, Seattle's not going anywhere. The no. Rams certainly don't no. seem like yeah. they're going anywhere. Yep. And the Cardinals certainly no. aren't going anywhere. Nope. So you don't have – I mean, unless you're committed to a complete rebuild and you're, yep. waiting, you're willing to wait around three, four years till Russell Wilson moves on from yeah. Seattle or something yeah. like right. that. Or, right, right. Something happens to one of the other teams yeah. in your division. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry, San Fran fans, if there's anybody listening out there on our podcast. I don't see how you overtake outside of catching lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I don't know how you can overtake the other three teams in that division yep. anytime soon. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just don't see how that can happen. Mikey, I totally agree. To me, this is a team that took an area where they were at least okay. And yes, I get the health questions on Jimmy G. They are concerned, right? But you took an area where theoretically you were pretty good. I mean, yeah. the last time the guy was a full starter, you were in the Super Bowl and led for three quarters of the game. Yeah. And, you know, had you had any defensive speed in your secondary you would have hung on and won that football game jimmy g is not the reason they lost that super bowl it's because they couldn't hold the lead their defense gave out that was it so uh but you know you took an area where you seemingly were okay and now you just made it a need where you have other needs to get to be able to compete with the teams in this division like you said your secondary even even with Richard Sherman a couple of years ago, did not have speed in the defensive secondary. They still need to get better in their secondary. And look, I, guys, I know I'm being critical of the 49ers right now, and I'll be very critical of my Packers too. If you go check out my, my draft recap from last year, and I hammered the crap out of them. <laughs> so I will be plenty critical on, on them as well, but it's just like we were just talking about. It's just odd we haven't heard more of these conversations. Like, what are they doing? It seems like they're creating issues when they don't need to. Yeah, you know, unnecessary. So, unnecessary. And now, and now, all your eggs are in the basket at three. You better yep. hit on this pick, you otherwise it's run, uh, better be a grand woof, slam. Not even right? a one run shot, man. This better be a freaking grand slam. And, walk off walk off grand slam well, I, you put it well there mikey walk off grand slam yeah totally totally so hey it's gonna be interesting yep. i know we're fired up we're excited oh, for yeah. it we'll see we'll see what these niners do at three and we'll see what those falcons do at four that'll kind of set the pace for you know uh who else gets a quarterback there yeah. in, in that first 15 pick range so um dude i know we mentioned it last week but i I hope your Cardinals get uh, get Devonta Smith, man. Yeah. I think about it more and more, and I just if that dude in your offense would be scary. I mean, as a Packers fan and potentially having to play the Cardinals in the playoffs, that doesn't excite me at all. But it but it would make your team. Yeah. You know, it would be a great fit. So you know, if that guy's still sitting there at like twelve or something, maybe you guys pull the trigger and move up and nab him. You know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, right, bro? All right, guys. We'll take a quick break. A lot of a lot of NFL draft talk. When we come back, of course, we'll jump back in with the NBA. Balls and Beards Podcast, episode twenty-three. All right, welcome back, y'all. Episode twenty-three, Balls and Beards Podcast. Humming right along, we got some more NFL draft talk there. You know, we tried to, uh, you know, let you know what the uh, Patriots and 49ers are thinking. So always uh, an interesting task there. Yeah. Uh, but now we're going to jump in. We're going to talk some NBA. So, you know, um, as we hinted on at the beginning of the episode, Anthony Davis returned yes, for Mikey's did. Lakers. You know, yes, I know that's exciting. And it seems like LeBron's return is right around the corner as well. Yep. Uh, the Wizards have been on fire, even though they lost last night to end kind of their hot streak. But they've all of a sudden, you know, played themselves out of the gutter and into mm -hmm, possibly, mm -hmm. a, a, you know, postseason spots. So, um, you know, uh, the Knicks are still sitting there. We've got 10 games to play, and the Knicks are in the four spot in the East. Dude. Impressive. Pretty awesome. You know, 
My Bucks dominated the Sixers in back-to-back games. Yes, Joel Embiid did not play the second game, but he played the first game. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we take too much stock in that or not, but as a Bucks fan, uh, that was nice to see. And then, uh, you know, last night the Warriors forgot how to uh, score yeah, for a long period of time. So we got all that and more, of course, but let's dive right in. Yeah. Um, Mikey, I want to yeah. start with your Lakers. Sure. AD came back, Yep. and LeBron's around the corner. You know, three games, I believe, AD's been in. They kind of, I think, increased his minutes a little bit each game. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of a struggle at the beginning, but looked mm-hmm. pretty good in the last game. Dude, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts so far on AD coming You know, back? I mean, look, the, the first game, you know, whatnot, like, you know, there was rust. There was obvious rust in mm-hmm. both games. Um, yeah, just You know, and, and he was missing shots that he normally makes, layups. Right, he was missing sure. some things that, you know. Um, but his activity looked good, you know. I mean, defensively, he looked all right, you know, and and – you know, that's going to be kind of the, sure. the thing going forward is, you know, the, the Frank Vogel's going to have to figure out what center he's going to be playing with Anthony yeah, Davis. Yeah, right, mean, right. You know, we've kind of got this, I wouldn't say a gluttony, but you've got Andre Drummond now. Um, you know, you've got obviously, you know, Montrez Harrell, and then you've got Marcus Gasol that you can play when you want to. So, you know, you've got this kind of three-headed monster as opposed to the two-headed monster that we had last year. And then down the stretch, you could play Anthony Davis at center and not play any one of your centers. You know, with Drummond, you got a guy that you could probably play more often than you could uh, at center than Anthony Davis. Um, you know, he had a really good game against Orlando the other night. You know, Drummond had 13 points and 11 rebounds, uh, a steal and two block shots. Anthony Davis had his best game coming back from 30 games, missed from injury. He had 18 points. He did have five turnovers, but he had two blocks, three assists, and eight rebounds total. He shot 53% from the field. Um, you know, he was 25% from the three-point uh, from three-point land. So, you know, I mean, nice. that was that was pretty yeah. good, you know, numbers for him. And and obviously, I'll take that. You know what I mean? And um, oh, totally filled up the stat sheet nicely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I again, there's going to be rust. He's learning how to play with the new center that is also That's learning true. how to play. Right, yeah. Um, yep. But I like I like where we're at. And obviously with LeBron coming back here soon – um, you know, that's going to make things just that much easier for Davis, for yep. Drummond, for Pope, um, even for Schroeder. So I, I think that things are going to look good for the Lakers. Um, you know, Kyle Kuzma has also been playing relatively well yeah, in LeBron's yeah. absence. So I like that. I, I mean, nice. you know, I'm happy with it. I just want to see Anthony Davis healthy. I, the minutes, he played 31 minutes against Orlando. Okay, nice. Um, so, you know, it was a good amount of minutes. Yeah, um, that's... You know, it was yeah. outside, it was the third, uh, second, uh, third most, sorry, excuse me, uh, minutes played out of the starters. Okay. Um, so, you know, he's getting back in there. Um, he does look like he's in shape. He doesn't look like he's laboring too, too much. Nice. Um, which is nice. Um, and, you know, I like where we're at. And right now, if the playoffs started today, we're playing a Jamal Murray-less Denver Nuggets squad. Okay. And, you know, I, I think that as well as Joker's playing without Jamal Murray, I, I like our chances. I mean, yes, they have Michael Porter, you know, they have Michael Porter Jr., but you know, here's a guy that's basically essentially in his second year. Um, not a guy that over, you know, scares me too, too much. Defensively, he's yeah. kind of a liability. I totally get you have Aaron Gordon, yeah. and you brought in Aaron Gordon in part because of his defense and his ability to play two-way basketball. But if LeBron James is anything close to what we're ex- expecting or expecting or have seen, rather, in the playoffs – his entire career almost, then I don't know what Aaron Gordon's going to be able to do defensively against him. 
Not to mention if Aaron Gordon is playing at the power forward spot, he's going to have to contend with Anthony Davis. Yeah. So I, I just don't know. And without Jamal Murray and Gary Harris having, after being traded to Orlando for Aaron Gordon, I just don't know. You know, Denver's 7-3 and three in their last 10. You know, I, I get it. Denver's a well-coached team with Mike Malone. I, I yeah, get all yeah. that. Joker's a phenomenal player. Uh, but we essentially rendered him useless last year. I mean, Joker didn't have a good series against no, the he, Lakers. No, he didn't. And you could say that we potentially, you know, upgraded our roster rotate, our center rotation with Drummond. I know, I, I know, Joker beasted Montrez last year. Yeah. But the one yeah. thing that we can do is we can go. Okay, well, we got Drummond. We could play AD at the five. Yeah, yeah. You've got Frank other... Vogel is not Doc Rivers, so I'm. I would imagine. That Trez would be out there. I don't know if Trez would be out there playing the five. You could sure. pair him up with yeah. Anthony Davis or with Drummond, and he wouldn't have to guard Joker, stuff like that. Sure. I mean, there's things that you can do, you know, yep. from a strategy standpoint to, to counter that. Plus, you can bring in Marcus Gasol for spot minutes. Totally, Another set, yeah. a seven-footer yeah. that can contend with Joker. So, again... Joker's probably the MVP. I think he's running away with the MVP I'm award. Totally fine um, with that, dude. Yeah. But yep. you know, I, I think again, I like where the Lakers are headed. I, I like the fact that we're going to get our guys back and we're going to have these last ten games or so. Yep. You know, eight to ten games playing some basketball. We don't have a particularly easy schedule, but that's okay. I, I mean, if we can avoid that play-in tournament, which I think we will. Yeah, I think you guys will. This, you, I think we'll you be stayed okay. at five like this whole time. Correct. You know, I mean, LeBron the fact out, that we've so. we've gone this many games without AD, without LeBron James, and we've essentially played 500 basketball is yeah. a testament to our defense. It's a testament yes. to our coaching yes. staff. And yes, would I not like to be only 11 games up of 500? Absolutely. But in the grand scheme of things, I want us healthy going into the playoffs. Definitely. And Definitely. I don't know what team one through four would want to play us. Yeah, early no, on totally, in the playoffs. Man. Totally. Um, so, I mean, and, you know, it sucks to be the Nuggets. Like, if you if we end up playing them in the first round, because, you know, you played pretty well all year. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you know, congratulations, you your first round matchup Lakers, is the Lakers. Yeah. Considering they were the conference matchup last year. So, right. Yeah, good, great you points, know, man. I, yeah. I like where we're at. I, I like um, I like that. So, I like the timing, dude. Like you kind of pointed out, you know, now AD has been able to ease his way back in a little bit. LeBron's going to be back. Like you pointed out, you're going to have about, you know, eight to ten games with everybody having an opportunity to get acclimated. But then you had this long period where – a guy like Dennis Schrader could step up yeah. and like do more for you. Yeah. And, well, and I mean, LeBron more... called him out and said, "Do yeah. do do your shit." I mean, he, he, yeah, you know, do your, he, yeah, do keep your doing thing. it, right? Do your thing. Yeah, like, like you know. So, and that's great because then, um, you know, then that opens up. You can you can take specific guys, especially if you do end up playing Denver in that first round. Hey, Drummond, we don't need you to score at all, bro. But right. what we need you to do is bang on Jokic, bang right. on him hard, yeah. get inside, get in his head, be physical with mm-hmm. him. Rack up fouls because we can throw Marcus all out there to rack up fouls too. Sure, right. And you can like that's it. We've got our scoring all set. Uh, but yeah, dude. And I just think Schrader having to take on a little bit more of that role as well, getting him ready for for a playoff run will benefit you guys as well. Absolutely. It seems like the timing is is coming pretty good to get everybody an opportunity to play together mm-hmm. and get healthy right mm-hmm. before the playoff mm-hmm. starts. So, um, yeah, dude. I'm with you. I I think it's it's working out pretty good for your Lakers. Now, I got to touch on my Bucks real quick. Yeah, go you know, for it. Absolutely. We, yeah, we, we only won the first game by seven, but they were up by 21 uh, on the Sixers. That was a game Joel Embiid played out of the, the two uh, the back-to-backs that we did against the Sixers there. 
this past week. Um, they ended the game like on an 11-0 run or something like that. So made it look close, but it was a game where sure. we were sitting everybody in the fourth quarter. So we blew out the Sixers with Joel Embiid and everybody else. Then they rested him the next game, and we beat him by like 38 or something like that. So I don't know if there's much to take away from that game. But um, I don't know. It, Mikey, what are your thoughts on that? Is it is it ho-hum at this point? Does it really matter much? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're Doc Rivers and the Sixers, you're going to say it doesn't. I mean, yeah, you're going to say that that yeah. second game we were playing without, you know, our, our second best or our best player. Sure. You know, whatever. But I think just from a mental standpoint, if you're the Bucks and this is a team that you're going to have to face in the second round, you know, or whatever, then absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think that that mental edge of knowing that you beat them as handily as you did is a is a sign of good things to come. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that you can go back and watch the film and say, okay, this is what we did to beat them. Now, granted, come playoff time, you've got all the in-game adjustments. You've got, you know, the in-between-the-game adjustments that, that happens. And look, Doc Rivers, going back to the last few years in, in Clipperland, didn't have the best track record in terms of making adjustments, right? I mean, True. that's one of the reasons yeah. why the Denver Nuggets, you know, beat them because he insisted on playing, you know, unfortunately, Montrez Harrell yeah. at the center spot instead of Zubats or anything like that and trying to go larger. True. Um, yeah. And Joker just picked him apart. Now, granted, Jamal Murray outside of Devin Booker probably played the best basketball out of anybody in the bubble. Um, True. You know, so, and, and that's, you know, in the eight games leading up to the playoffs or whatever, but even come playoff time, I mean, Jamal Murray, the the tandem of Jamal Murray and uh, Nikola Jokic, you know, outside of AD and LeBron, probably the best, you know, one of the best duos um, in all of, of basketball last season. Totally In agree. the playoffs. So, you know, again, but Doc Rivers doesn't have a good track record. Now, Granted, on the other side of that coin, your Bucks and Budenholzer doesn't have a great track record either of making those adjustments. Yeah, that's also true. So, you know, I, I think it's a crapshoot. Um, you know, Ben Simmons is going to have to put his money where his mouth is. He thinks he's the best defender in the NBA. Um, you know what? All right, well, guess what? If I'm if I'm Doc, I'm challenging him. All right, you pick up Giannis. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. And, and prove it. Because, you know, all some of the best – battles in playoff basketball have happened when the best player takes on or one of the best players takes on one of the best players. So, I mean, if you are Simmons, you cement your legacy in Sixers land and in NBA history, if you can somewhat lock down Giannis, right? Or, yeah. or likewise, you know, you get torched, you learn from it, you come back and you become a better player. One way, shape or form, like it's going, someone's going to look good. Um, right. But yep. again, as far as that two game series, do I put a lot of stock into it? I don't know. But at the same time, you know, it does matter. It does matter to at least one of the teams. Neither team is going to admit that it matters. And I think yeah, you can make yeah, a case right. for either yeah. team that it matters in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, but I mean, hey, look, that East is shaping up to be an excellent playoff battle. I totally um, agree. You know, and, and um, I mean, obviously, that'll be something that we'll touch on here in the coming, oh, yeah, in the next couple dude, weeks, just absolutely. because the playoff picture is starting to come together a lot it more. Is. Yep. Brooklyn and Utah both have locked up playoff spots. They, they, they're guaranteed in the playoffs. Um, but like you said, I mean, the Knicks are playing great basketball. They have the longest winning streak up until recently. They're 9-1. and one. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're six games above 500, right, man. Um, How crazy is that? Just nuts. 10 games to play. Just yeah. 10 games wow. to play. And you know, they're comfortable. They're the Knicks yeah. are making the playoffs. Oh, I mean, totally, you know, dude. Yeah. Spike Lee yep. is happy in New York. Yes, he is. You know, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Um, you know, you've got other teams that aren't playing so great. You got Washington, you know, that has now played themselves into the playoff tournament. And yeah. we yep. pretty much left them for dead um oh, yeah, all totally, season man. outside yeah, of our yeah. preview our NBA preview. I mean, this team came out the gate and was sucking up the joint. Oh, totally. Took all the air out of the yeah. And you know, now they're eight and two, like you said. I mean, they had a good crazy yeah. eight game winning streak, whatever they did. it is. Yep. Yep. Now all of a sudden they are, you know. 27 and 34. Yeah. Uh, Westbrook's been on a tear. Bradley Beal's been on a tear. Yeah. Um, looking Beal, at the... uh, He passed Steph Curry again. Yeah. Now he's, he's the scoring leader. Right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Just by like two-tenths of a point or whatever, but there you go. Right back right. to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think in the Eastern Conference, the Pacers, the Wizards, and Bulls, it's going to come down to them as far as where they're going to end up. 9, 10, I, or 11. I agree. Yeah, One of those totally. teams is going to end yeah. out... Uh, and the Pacers are playing 500 basketball, but they're not particularly looking great. No, um, no. You know, the Chicago Bulls, I, I think they're falling further out of the picture. Yeah. Uh, Toronto could make a run at it, but I think they've been just so inconsistent. It's really hard to say that, yeah, they, they're going to yeah, come on strong. Yeah, they've been super up and down yeah, all season yeah, long. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. So, I mean, I think it comes down to the Pacers, Wizards, and Bulls for those final two spots, 9-10. and 10. And one of them's going to end up on the outside looking in. Okay. Um, yeah, that's I what I agree. think as far as yeah. the playoffs are concerned. Totally, but yeah, I mean, totally with you there. Washington, yep. you look at Washington's schedule coming up. And, you know, same with Chicago. They don't have an easy schedule. Either team, you know, the Wizards play the Lakers today at home. They're playing the Cavaliers. They're playing Dallas. They're playing Indiana. They're playing the Bucks. Um, that's their next five. You know, Chicago's got a hard schedule coming up too. And they've got a few dates with Atlanta. And Atlanta's playing really good basketball. So, I mean, they're going to have to win games. And, you know, Zach Levine and Vucevic, I mean, these are guys that are going to have to, you know, put their money where their mouth is. Oh, yeah, totally. And, again, you know, this is where if I'm Scott Brooks in Washington, you know, at least you have somebody in Westbrook that despite all the triple doubles and everything, I mean, at least this guy's playoff tested. Yeah, that's true. And he knows how to win. Zach Levine still has not proven that he knows how to win. He's made a leap this year. But, you know, what can he do? The Pacers, they play good basketball. They play, you know – they're not playing great right now. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it'll be interesting. The, the East is going to be a very interesting uh, uh, final stretch here. Yeah, totally agree, man. I, I totally agree. Great great rundown there. Um, everything going on. Yeah, I had to, like, look three times when I saw the Wizards, um, you know, sitting where they're sitting currently. And I was yeah. like, whoa, what, what, what's been going on with them? Okay. Because like you said, you know, we we left them for dead all year long. So Pretty much, yeah. All of a sudden, coming on strong here, looking to make a little bit of a, a, a push to get in. So, But I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to this closing stretch and seeing how it's going to shake out. So going to be interesting for sure. Uh-huh. Starting to wind down the stretch. You know, maybe one last thing to hit on NBA-wise yeah. before okay. we wrap it up this week was, um, dude, take me through what – happened with the Warriors last night and their inability to score the basketball for a while. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it, Dallas is no slouch. I mean, Dallas is no, Dallas good is basketball. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they beat the Lakers in the second game of a back-to-back uh, in the miniseries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, Luka played really well last night. I mean, he had like 38 points or something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, You know, and def- defensively, Dallas is a pretty good team. They're coming, yeah, they, they're coming into right. their own defensively when you, they need to be, and that's, that's coming into point. the playoffs. Yep. You know, the Warriors, this is just something that they've been doing all year long. They've been inconsistent. Um, you know, they've lost games, and this is an interesting stat over on Hoops Hype, courtesy of The Athletic. 
And they've lost games by 53, 39, 31, 30, 26, three times, 25 and 22 points twice, and 21 points this season. Wow. They've gotten blown out wow. by ridiculous margins. Now, some of those games they were playing without Steph, some of those games they were playing without Draymond, Steph, and obviously Klay Thompson. So you're running out there with, you know, Andrew Wiggins and Pascal and, you know, Weissman and all these guys. So, I mean, I get it. You know, this is not the Warriors team from a few years ago when they were right, competing for right. championships. You know, and Steve Kerr's trying to do the best that he can do. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to play who's in front of you. They're not winning games. No. When Steph Curry, Steph Curry's been on a tear this month in April. Yes, yeah. This is not a good way to end his month considering no, how right. well he yeah, has played. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's not the coaching staff that goes out there and puts in the hustle and puts in the time. That's yes, true. they can prepare them, they can watch right, film, right. they can do the scouting reports, they can do all the stuff that they can do, but it's up to the players to go out there and execute. Totally agree. And and look, when your defense is not as good as it once was, you don't have Andre Gudala, you don't have Draymond Green in your lineup consistently, you're kind of missing that Zaza Pachulia or you know, sure, yeah. or Kevin Looney I know is yep. starting, but you don't have that kind of defensive anchor back there that they've had in the past. You know, Weissman, this would be a good opportunity for him, but, you know, obviously he's done for the year. Yeah, I right, still think yep. that the Warriors probably make the playoffs just because of Steph Curry. I agree with you. But, yeah. I mean, look, it, they ran into a buzzsaw. It's the long, longest, you know, uh, drought, scoring drought in, like, NBA history. It was almost 10 minutes where they did not score. That's they shot, crazy, like, 0 for man. 17. That is and crazy. And for a team that offensively has been one of the best in the yeah, NBA, it's yeah. pretty nuts. I totally agree, man. Yeah, but again, that really just goes to show that Rick Carlisle and the Dallas team just had their yeah, number. And yeah. it happens. And, you know, I mean, that's just, it's, you got to roll with it. And, you know, it is what it is. It just sucks. I mean, and, you know, all those Warrior fans from the last several years seem to be, you know, Crawling back into the yeah right into, yeah they kind of went it disappeared again yeah, yeah I don't right? see quite as many curry jerseys yeah and, dude and same for me Warriors yeah. gear as you once did yeah. but yeah you know, I mean that's just the the nature of the beast I that's suppose. true that's true that, hey man great points you know and that is that those are some crazy stats Mikey I mean I guess when you think about it how many games have been played right now that's basically one in every five or six games, the Warriors go out and lose by 30 points. That's, that is just remarkable. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That usually is your, you know, your worst team in the NBA, the Rockets or you know, right. the Timberwolves or whoever. Right. Not a team that has potentially the scoring leader and is going to make the playoffs. Right, right. Uh, crazy stuff, man, crazy stuff. But great stuff as always, Mikey. Thank you for that. Of course. Um, you know, this week's episode, wrapping up, guys, winding down the stretch. We want to thank you for all your support, of course. Um, please go out, check out our Patreon. Still, you know, fairly newly launched for us, Balls and Beards Podcast. If, you know, you enjoy the the, uh, the podcast, would like, uh, you know, to support us, we appreciate yeah. that very much. Of course, NFL Draft tomorrow night. Next week, we will be back. We'll have a little NFL draft recap. Yep. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the NBA playoffs. We'll be getting closer oh, then. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll dive in, give you a full breakdown as always. Mikey, anything in closing today, brother? Nope. Hope everybody has a fantastic week. Awesome. Same, same here. Everybody have a great week. Enjoy that draft tomorrow night. Balls and Beards podcast, episode 23, in the books.